You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Isaiah 42, verse 7. Isaiah 42, verse 7. Uh, I want to look at Isaiah 40. They don't have any notes for me, so if they, they're a little slow up there, it's not, it's not on them. It's on me because I didn't give them any notes. But this is what's on my heart tonight. Uh, the scripture says to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison. And them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. She said, well, pastor, we're all born again, even filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, maybe you all are, but maybe there's somebody not. But anyway, it doesn't matter where, if you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, there are some things in your life, and I know this by the Spirit of God, uh, that um, try to keep you in the prison house, try to keep you in bondage. Now, I, I think about my spiritual father. I think I remember what he said when he was pastoring. I think it was on, um, uh, I don't know what night they had it on. Um, I, I don't remember what he said. But he said, you know, there was a season where it was real popular to have um, uh, loosen meetings. Or, you know, you'd get people out of bondage. And he said they did that for a while. And then, so uh, uh, freedom meetings or liberty meetings. And then he said they do that for a while. And then they turn them into loosen meetings. And then they turn them into binding meetings or whatever. And he said the same people need loose, need the same people need bound. I don't know how he said it. But, but, it's, it, but, but we're not doing that tonight because this is by special inspiration of the Spirit of God. And if you have bondage, if you have anything that keeps you in prison. One time we were praying, Pastor Ron and I were praying, and he said, uh, the reason that people stay in prison or they don't seem to get their answer or they seem to have the same problem over and over again is they lack light. I said it mostly right, right? Close enough. They, they lack understanding. They lack light in some area. So when you lack light or revelation in some area, it keeps you in the prison house, in habits, in sickness, in, in just in different things. And so we're going to, uh, we're going to see people tonight, and, and hopefully if you don't need anything, I need you to keep your faith strong because there are people in this room tonight that tonight is going to mark something in their life that it was forever changed. Amen. Amen going to mark something in their life. Because I believe in the anointing. I believe it destroys the yoke of bondage. I believe that the Spirit of God is in this room. We worshiped him. He, I mean, he's been in man. If, if you can't sense the presence of God in the room, then your wood is wet and we need to get you on fire. Hallelujah. God is in the room. God, and sometimes people, faith people, they're like, well, we don't need to sense anything. Well, you're wrong. You do. You don't need to sense anything or feel anything to believe God. But when you believe God and when you worship God, you ought to sense his presence. Not feel it with your physical body, but if you sense him first, then you might actually feel something in your physical body because God is real. He's alive. Hallelujah. And if he didn't want to be sensed or seen, he would have done some things a little different. He wants to manifest himself in your life, in this room right now. He does. He does. And one of the things, you know, I know is he wants each and every one of us, from me to you, to have nothing in our lives that puts us in bondage. As someone who used to live in bondage, I know what it's like to be free and stay free, and so can you. And, I mean, man, if, you can, if, if you'll get a hold of some of this tonight and, and let the Spirit of God help you, I believe things in your life, and then it will help everybody around you. Everybody say, I'm coming out of the prison house. 
Amen. So what is the source of anyone, even a believer, an unbeliever, what is the source of bondage? Well, Jesus clearly said it. Remember the woman who was bowed over? Remember, what did he say? Jesus said, Satan has bound, King James, Satan has bound this woman. Luke chapter 13, 10 through 17, it says, Satan has bound this woman. And, and he said she ought to be loosed even on the Sabbath day. No, she ought to be loosed. A daughter of Abraham. She, she had a covenant. And, and say, who bound her? So God has never bound up anybody. God has never uh, caused you to act crazy or be crazy or made you sick or got you in a car wreck or got you fired. To work something out in your life. That's not the way he does it. That's not the way he does it. You know, God and the devil are not partners. You know, I hear people say, you know, as a whole, we don't, we don't celebrate Halloween over, around here. We call it the fall festival. But so many believers believe this. They believe that bad things happen. And have you ever heard this? Well, that was just a blessing. What's the rest of it? In, in disguise. God doesn't do that. A four-year-old can figure it out. God is always good. The devil is always bad. God and devil, not on the same team. Doesn't use the devil to teach you a lesson causing bad things to happen to you. What is that? Because bad things are bondage. Jesus paid a high price that you could get free. Amen? So who bound this woman? Satan. Clear and simple. So anything that binds you. Anything that is wrong in your life, the, the, origina the author of it, the originator of it is the devil. Now, you and I have been redeemed. You and I have been set free. But you need to understand that in our life. So you have an enemy. He's under your feet. But you got to understand that any bondage in your life, life is a lack of light concerning your, one of the things is your authority over the devil. If you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, he has to flee. Run from you as in terror, right? Works every time. Why doesn't it work? It doesn't work because we're not submitted to God. It doesn't work because we haven't received the grace. Or it doesn't work because we don't believe in the name of Jesus. Or we think lightly of the name of Jesus. Amen. But when you have a revelation of the name of Jesus and Satan's trying to bind you in any, every, any area of your life, you can use the name of Jesus and you can be free. So the, the originator of, of, of people being captive or held in prison or bondage is always Satan. But there's other things. Galatians 2.4 says this. Galatians 2.4. It says that because of false brethren unawares uh, brought in who came to privately spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus. So you have liberty in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, I have liberty. I have freedom in Christ Jesus. It says in, that they might bring us into bondage. So people or religion or traditions of men, not the word of God, not the truth, but any, but see, religion, don't, see, when people say, you're, you're you know, they, you're a preacher. Oh, so you're religious. No, I'm not. 
I'm not. I'm not religious at all. Because to me, that has a bad connotation with it. Religious, rigid. <laughs> you know, I grew up in religion and I got free from that. I have a relationship with a living God. You know, that's the, that's the deal. But you see, religion itself is do's and don'ts. And men and women bring that in and they put you into bondage in some way because they want to take... It's about taking away your liberty and your freedom. Now, I'm not talking about, again, you know me. I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about, you know, what we're talking about on Sunday morning. Uh, grace gone too far. Uh, you know, what I call greasy grace. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about, though, that religion. And the Bible says the traditions of men make the word of God of how much? Well, that's pretty big. Well, I thought the word of God always worked. Yeah, but if you mix it with tradition, if you put your spin on it and your opinion on it, well, I got a right to believe whatever I want. No, you don't. You gave up that right when Jesus became your Lord. You believe what he said. Well, no, I have a right. I have a right to interpret the word of God the way I, the way I see it. No, again, you're wrong. You have a right to interpret the word of God with the word of God. And, and it should agree. And if you're on an island all by yourself about something with your opinion, then I fire you, I'd let your opinion go and get with the word. Because the traditions of men, religion, or your thinking makes the word of God of how much effect? So what, since it's not effect, it keeps you in bondage. Can you see it keeps you in bondage? So the devil can put you in bondage. Religion can put you in bondage. I'm not going to talk a long time, but I do need you to get these things to understand them so that the Spirit of God has something to work with in your life. The other thing I want to talk about, what puts you in bondage? Well, this is a huge one right now. Fear can put you in bondage. Uh, the Bible talks about this in 1 John 4.18. It says that fear has torment or bondage. So fear is something the devil uses all the time. Fear is a tactic of the enemy. It's also like this because fear brings torment with it. It's important that you understand that um, uh, uh, sometimes, I explain it like this. Fear is opposite of faith. They both attract something. Remember what Job said in Job 33:25. We don't, we don't quote Job too much. But Job said what? My greatest fear what did he say? My greatest fear has come upon me. Well, what in the world? He said his greatest fear came upon him. So even though he didn't have a covenant, there's a spiritual principle there. Because what does fear have with it? Well, it has torment. But fear has corresponding actions. Fear loves to talk about what it's afraid of, doesn't it? Fear acts a certain way. A lot of people call it reasonableness or wisdom. But whose wisdom is it? If, if it's the wisdom of this world, then it's foolish, it's devilish. Because, see, a lot of the wisdom of this world is based in fear. A lot of the wisdom of this world is based in fear. Who's the author of fear? Well, you, you, couldn't have, you can't find any fear in heaven. Reverence you can find, but fear, no. Can't find it. So who's the author of fear? The devil. 
Why, what is fear about? Fear is a, when, when the spirit of fear, I mean, the Bible says God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind, right? But why is the devil so try so hard to get you and I into fear? Because he needs you. Fear, like faith, is grabbing a hold of something it's not seen. Most of the time, fear, like faith, is about the future. The devil tries to get you in fear about something before it even happens. And he happens to need your cooperation to make that devilish thing to come to pass in your life. And what does he use? Like God uses faith to receive the promises, the devil uses fear to bring calamity to you, to bring problems to you. Fear has torment. And with that torment, fear talks. And fear acts. Right? Just like faith has corresponding actions, fear has corresponding actions. Right? And so fear will put you in bondage. Fear will put you in bondage. You should never let fear keep you out of anything. You shouldn't let fear make decisions for you. And, and please don't call it wisdom. It's fear. It's a spiritual thing, fear. And you've been delivered from the spirit of fear. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about what puts people in bondage. Number one, the devil himself. Number two, religion can do it. But fear can surely put you into a place of not only torment, but into a place of bondage. Jeremiah 1.8 says, do not be afraid of their faces. <laughs> do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. I know this was a big one for me. Um, I um, tell this story. So most of you, if you haven't been around here a while, you haven't heard this one for a while. But uh, it, it's just an ongoing miracle that I stand up here and minister. Because when I was in high school, um, I surely was afraid of the faces of men. In high school, we were on a, I did a college prep you know, course to go to uh, school. And uh, one of the classes were, was speech class. Well... I won't tell it the way I normally tell it because we got to keep we got to keep moving because I don't want to lose you and get you all in the flesh here. Um, but I, I, whoo! I remember my first one. I my legs shook so hard, my teeth chattered so much, and everybody, I don't know, and they were all shocked at how inept <laughs> I was. But I was so afraid. So afraid that I couldn't do it. I was just so afraid. And it didn't get much better. Practice didn't get rid of it. It carried over into college. Uh, and so when the Lord called me to the ministry to get up in front of people, I found him funny. I found him hilarious. But the first time I ever ministered, my pastor uh, back in Illinois wanted me to minister. I thought he was going to be out of town. I thought he was just having me fill in. But he had it on his heart for me to minister. And uh, when, he, when I got there, he was there. So at first I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to preach in front of my pastor. This is crazy. But you know what? When I got up behind the pulpit, I took my text, and I remember it well. It was Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. 
because he's anointed me. And out there sat my mom and my dad, who at that time was backslidden. My cousin, who was really like my uncle, Davey, uh, he, had never been, he hadn't been in church forever. And I thought, dear me, what's happening here? And uh, so they came that one time, you know. I, like, I came one time. I'm never coming again, but I came that one time. Hallelujah. Whatever. Uh, my, so that didn't work out too well for my dad. Hallelujah. Um, but I got up. I opened the word. And I preached for 45 minutes, and I wasn't even done. And I didn't stutter, and I didn't stammer, and my leg didn't shake. What am I telling you? That doesn't matter what your fear is, the Spirit of God can help you get over it. I know mine's kind of dramatic. You say, well, you know, you're, you, you were called to do this, so God had to deliver you from it. No, I had to believe to get delivered from it. I'll tell you a funny story. We were back over in the A-frame. I, I st- I've done this, I do this all the time now. So I'm up on ministering on Sundays, you know, two services, even back in the A-frame, uh, doing radio, doing TV. TV, that's crazy. You know, I just get up and do TV. I don't care who's what, I just doesn't bother me. That's a miracle. I don't have to imagine people in their underwear or nothing. I, it's just a miracle. Are, are you with me? I need to get some of you. All right, so, so I remember, though, I, I just got, we preach overseas. I do pastor's conferences. And so I was called because back over in the A-frame, when many years ago, they decided that they were going to change how to get to downtown Madison. And they were starting to work on that. And th- there was a plan for the road to go right down the middle of our church. And I didn't think that was a good idea. Nobody offered to buy, or any, buy it or anything. They were just going to take a road right down through it, through the middle of it. So I had to go to the city council meeting to oppose it. And I just forgot where I was, and I got up in front of them, and suddenly the old Mark showed up. And he doesn't remember to this day what he said. <laughs> they didn't put a road through it, thank the Lord. But I don't think, and I think Pastor Rhonda would have testified, I didn't make any sense. I think they might have thought, he's a little off, you know. Let's not mess with him. Um, I don't know what it was. And I don't believe it was the Lord. But you know what? I didn't grab a hold of my grace and let go of my fear. It took took back over. So so listen to me. You say to me, well, you know, that's just my personality. Uh, You know, I'm fearful. Listen to me. I grew up in a family that taught me how to worry. I'm of the world champion worries. Don't don't give me that. Don't give me that. You can get delivered from it. And you've got to because it puts you in bondage. Fear is bondage. Fear is bondage. Don't call it wisdom. Don't call it my little problem that I got to get over. No, fear is bondage. Fear is bondage. Fear is bondage. It'll keep you out of the plan of God. It'll keep you out of the will of God. It'll keep you away from the things that God has ordained for you. And so everybody say, no more fear. fear. Come on, God will deliver you. Even if the faces of men scared you like they did me, you can be delivered. All right. What's something else can put you in bondage? Well, sin. We all know that one. The law, you know, the sin, um, the law of sin. Romans 8, 2 says the law of sin is death. But you see, but people, all, even believers who love Jesus, they, they have habits, they have things that hold them in bondage, but you can get delivered from each and every one of them. If you're having trouble in an area, it's because you lack light. You don't have light. What else can be a bondage? Well, sickness and disease can be a bondage. 
It keeps you bound. It keeps you from being able to do things. The Lord Jesus has made a way no matter what the bondage is for you to get free. Can I get an amen? amen. The other thing is what will put you in bondage is you, yourself. You can, you can put yourself in bondage by, by thinking less of yourself. I'm nothing but a grasshopper. You can live in condemnation all the time. Now, this one I understand too. Because, see, the way I brought, you know, the kind of how I used to, how to, I, um, I used to work with myself was I used to have really negative self-talk. It was my motivation tool. Come on, you little worm, get up and do this. You know, uh, uh, what do you mean? You're, you know, a B plus, that, you can't get a B plus. Losers get B pluses. You better, you got to stay up all night. I mean, I motivated myself. I looked in the mirror. I won't, I won't go into all that. Hallelujah. But, but it was rude. It was ruthless. It was bad. And really, as a whole, it never worked. Because that's not the way God motivates. That's the what, that, that is condemnation. That is the tactic of the devil. And I used to live in it. Condemnation is not from God. Any condemnation, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. See, if you, if you are feeling condemned all the time, you don't know the reality of who you are in Christ. There's no condom. Don't use condemnation to motivate yourself. It's bondage. Come on. So all those things, and there's so many more, but this is what I, I, I'm going to give you these real quick. But this is what God's promise is to you. I need to lay a foundation because the anointing was here. I wanted to go ahead and lay hands on you. But the Spirit of God, I, he, he, he wanted me to get you the word. Because, see, that's your foundation. Mark 16, 20, so mightily grew the word of God. Right? No. Mark 16, 24. And, and they went forth everywhere. That's the scripture I called off. I can't believe I messed that one up. Mark 16, 20. And they went forth everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming what? The word. Yeah, there's some word in the song we sing. But the word of God is what brings the manifestation of God. Amen. Amen. And so as I give you this, the Holy Ghost is going to manifest and he's going to confirm his word to you. If you've been in prison in any area of your life, I, I'm not even going to divide you up. Like, uh, you know, the, the religious bondage here, the, uh, the uh, um, sinner bondage here, the sin bondage here, the uh, sickness bondage here. Uh, we're not even going to do that. We're not even going to say if you're coming up tonight to have hands laid on you, you're in any bondage at all. But I do believe the anointing, and we had a little touch of it, second service. And if that was a little touch of it, I can't wait for the full manifestation because the second service, the power of God was in great demonstration. Woo! I, I enjoyed that all through lunch, and, and I, I couldn't even take it. This is big. I couldn't even take a nap. I was so, and I didn't sleep a lot last night either. And yet I'm not tired at all because that anointing, woo, that was strengthening the, the power of God. Was, I'm expecting that in full manifestation. So you can come up and get blessed, but if you also come up, if you need something, that anointing is here tonight to deliver you. This is the scripture. This is the promise. Psalms 146.7 says the Lord loosens the prisoners. Psalms 91.3 says he delivers you from the snare of the fowler. Amen. 2 Timothy 4.18 says, and the Lord shall deliver me from Shall, the Lord knows how to the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. 2 Timothy 4:18. The Lord shall deliver me from how many evil works? From how many bondages? 
whether it's the devil himself with sickness and disease, whether it's religion, whether it's sin, whether it's habits, whether it's um, uh, things that, you know, you don't feel like you can even get out of, your flesh wants to do, whether it's you feeling unworthy, it's fear, it doesn't matter what it is, the Lord has delivered you out of them all. Amen. Amen. 2 Peter 2.9, it says the Lord knows how to deliver the godly. (laughs) He knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Amen. He knows how to deliver you. Glory to God. So what do you need? What do you need? Well, a lot of times, like what I said was, because I think we were way, way praying. This is many, many years ago. And we were just dealing with something or the Lord was trying to help us with somebody or some situation. It says if basically was if they can't get out of the prison house, they lack light. They can't see to get out. Now, it's interesting. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good news. Right? He's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. And then it goes on, he lists some things, and it says to bring sight to the blind. Now, if you just look at that, you think he's talking about physical healing. But he's not talking about physical healing there. He's talking about those prisoners that sat in darkness. And he said to set at liberty those that have been captive. So anytime that I'm a prisoner, anytime that I fr- I'm frustrated about something, anytime I can't seem to change something in my life, then the, the deal is this. You need light. You need revelation. Yes, the anointing will set you free, but it's the word of God and the light of the word of God that will get you out of the prison house and keep you out of the prison house. Amen. Amen. This, listen, John 8, 32. You know John 8, 32. What does this say? You will know the, come on, this is cornerstone. Do I got anybody in the room that knows the truth? Amen. Amen. You shall know the truth, but you got to know it. Not have heard it, not know, well, somebody, you know the truth, pastor. Well, me knowing the truth is good for me, but you got to know the truth. You will know the truth and the truth will do what? Make you free. Come on, it'll make you free. And then, you know, verse 36. Verse, John 8, 36. John 8, 36. Hallelujah, I don't have that one written down. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you are free indeed. Amen. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Everybody say, I've been set free by Jesus, by the Word of God, by the truth, and I am free indeed. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Psalms 119, verses 105. Psalms 119. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The light of the word of God will lead you right out of the prison house. But if you don't have light, because see, born-again people, they end up living their whole life in bondage and captivity. But that's not the will of God. But what do you got to have? What do you got to have? Psalms 119 verse 130 says, the entrance of his word does what? It gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. Why qualify? I qualify. It gives light to the simple. Whatever. I don't have to be profound. I just got to know that 
the word of God, the entrance of his word will bring light to me. And when I get that light, that revelation, it leads me out of the prison house and because it's the truth. And the truth will set me free. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. By my mouth, I'll begin to keep my path off of the path of the destroyer. Amen. Because I have the word of God has come into me. Amen. Amen. So again, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, Jesus, the anointing of God was upon him, and he came to give sight to the blind. He, 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 he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to preach deliverance to the captives, to preach deliverance to the captives. So if you feel captive in any area, Jesus came to set you free. I'm, I'm reminded of it. I've been doing it a lot lately, and I'm going to start doing it anymore. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but even when I'm preaching, I always I'm hearing the Holy Ghost say this. It's like Jesus is yelling inside of me. Tell him who I am and tell him what I've done. Tell him who I am and tell him what I've done. Well, I can tell you who he is. He is the one who broke all the bondages. He is the one who took every sin, every sickness, every disease. He got the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he opened the prison doors so that you could walk free. He is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. Hallelujah. He is the one who is the mender of a broken heart, and the word of God says he came to set you free. It's good to be free. It's good to be free. If we looked in the, in, in the realm of the spirit, and, and sometimes the Lord does that for me. I see people with, with shackles on. I see people with like bands around their head. I see people, whole, you know, like they're, they're, they're spiritually handcuffed. That is not the will of God. That is not how you're supposed to walk through life. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He has delivered you from the snare of the fowler. He has set you free, and you don't have to be Bound in any area anymore of your entire life. Whom Jesus sets free is free indeed. Amen. And he's got, he preached deliverance to the captives, sight to the blind. Can I have Luke 4, 18 again? Sight to the blind. What is that? Recovering of sight to the blind. Well, where did they get that? Well, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Now, I know that generally is talking about those who are not born again. But I've run across some Christians <laughs> who are not just doubters. They are unbelievers in areas. Why is that? Because the God of this world, he put blinders on them in that area and they haven't got them off yet. I pray the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That they would know the hope of his calling. Everything, who he is and what he's done. Nobody has to sit in shackles anymore. Nobody has to sit in the prison house anymore. He, because he came to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and then to set at liberty. <laughs> no, liberty. Freedom. 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 You once were a slave to sin, but you're free. Come on, you used to be a slave. Now you're the king. Come on, he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You used to be a slave, and you used to be a slave to sin, but that's not who you are anymore. 
Come on, that's not who you are anymore. That's not who I am anymore. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on, Jesus preached deliverance to me, and that's why I'm preaching deliverance to you. He delivered me from all my captivities. He freed me from all of my sin. He freed me from all of my mess. He freed me from all of my wrong thinking. He freed me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I am free, and I am free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because I got some sight. I got some revelation. Now, you can't just live off of yesterday's, though. You got, you got, you got, trust me on this one. You got to keep walking it out. You got to keep living it. Woo! To set it liberally, them that are bruised. Now, listen. Life can bruise you up. You know what a bruise is, right? Well, if you get an injury... Your small blood vessels and even small veins can break if you get an injury. And it's like, it's not like a hematoma where blood pools at the skin, but it leaves a mark. And, you know, some of y'all, when you get bruises, they're, they're multicolored. They're, they're, they're like, I mean, they look like they're hurting. Don't be mad at me. Uh, she hasn't had any for a long time. But the little boy in me, when Pastor Rhonda used to get a bruise... Don't, don't be mad at me. I'm just, but I would say, I would put my thumb on it and I would say, does that hurt? And, you know, I think I got a slap or two. I don't know. Because you know why? It still does. It's a former injury that hasn't healed and it still hurts. And that's bondage to you. Because the devil holds you at your hurt. The devil holds you at your hurt. It's, it's, okay. So over this last few seasons, the enemy has worked mightily to bring up past hurts, has uh, worked at getting you into unforgiveness and out of love, even one with another. And it causes bruising in the realm of your soul. And he uses it, the enemy does use it to hurt you further and further still. But this is an hour where you must be free. You must let it go. And you must move on to victory. For time will not heal it. It won't mend it, not at all. But look to Jesus and he'll take care of each and every fall. <laughs> Every fall. Oh. Even, even, even. So look up to the author and the finisher of faith. Let him heal the broken heart. Let him heal the wound and walk on in victory and walk on in faith. Hallelujah. Amen. In case you're not familiar with that, it's tongues and interpretation according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The manifestations of the Holy Ghost given to profit with all. And just the way the Lord uses me when I'm ministering the word of God, sometimes my tongue is hooked up with my heart. And then just sometimes when I can't do anything except speak in other tongues, and usually that's a, that's a message in tongues, and I, I interpret it. So if that's new to you, that hadn't been, that's not passed away. And, you know, and, and just, it's, and it's, it's uh, kind of how the Lord, Lord uses me. Ooh, come on high. That was just extra. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the Lord wants to heal. So that bruise, it hurts. You got to get healed. 
No. To, to many of you in the room, that's the source of your bondage. The devil's a lot of things. An idiot is not one of them. He's been deceiving. If he could deceive Adam and Eve, you're not that big a deal. He's been deceiving people. He's been lying to people. And when you have a hurt in your soul, somebody did you wrong. Do me wrong once, shame on you. Do me wrong twice, what do, we say? They, what do they say? Shame on me. In other words, I'm not going to let you hurt me. That, that's, that's a country song. That's not your spiritual song. <laughs> right? Right? It's, you know, some of you have been delivered. You never had to listen to it. Hallelujah like I did. <laughs> Glory to God. Anyway, but it's the same in blues. A lot of music is, is that round pain. Aren't you glad you've been delivered from that? Amen. But listen to me, the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody. Don't let the pain of something hold you in bondage. And your pain shouldn't hold anybody else in bondage. And you shouldn't let somebody else's pain hold you in bondage. Tell them to get healed or get over it. I said, tell them to get healed or get over it. Because you're not hanging with it. The, 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 time, the time right now, listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The devil is not an idiot. He's been working really hard over these last couple years to bring factions and fractions and problems and schisms and the things that he does the best. You cannot afford to be mad at anybody because your, your faith works by love. Your faith works by love. And you don't have time for your faith not to work right now. That's me, that's you, that's everybody. So let's help one another out. If someone around you that you love gets a little toot or gets a, you know what a toot is, right? They get a little toot or get a little, you know, that's an attitude. You know what I'm saying? Get a little toot. Or, you know, or they've got some bitterness starts coming out of them aimed at somebody. You as a friend ought to say, this is what, you know, did you hear what just you said? You, you need to check that out, my brother, my sister. That, that sounds like bitterness. And you can't afford that. Jesus is the mender of your broken heart. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let Jesus mend your broken heart. Where, wherever in your soul that's hurt, let him fix it. Let him fix it. It'll be bondage if you don't. It'll hold you in a place that you don't want to be. It'll hold you in prison. I said it'll hold you in prison. But, but we're getting out of prison, right? We're, we've come out, right? Woo, hallelujah. Well, so what did Jesus say? The spirit of the Lord is? So let's talk about the anointing. The presence of God that's in this room. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, the Amplified says, liberty. Emancipation from bondage, there's freedom. The Amplified says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Emancipation. Isn't emancipation good? Amen. What is emancipation? What's the emancipa emancipation proclamation? That means what? You're free. Free from what? Slavery. Well, what were you once slave to? Sin. Come on, bondage. Come on, everybody say, I'm free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's liberty. So when the Spirit of God is there, you get in that anointing and you receive the liberty. Amen. Amen. Uh, um, uh, the Bible says this. It says the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. Now listen to me. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I boldly say to you, this is my first sermon I ever preached. 
Maybe the Lord will let it be my last, but not tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. It's not my gift. It's not my anointing. I know people say, my anointing. I I don't have an anointing. He has an anointing. And, And he puts it on me, and it flows through me. It's his. But it's on me. He, the Holy Ghost, is on me. The Spirit of God is on me. And he has anointed me to do what? Well, the same things that Jesus, because it was the Holy Ghost. It wasn't even Jesus. It was the Holy Ghost on Jesus. Now, I lost some of you on that one. It wasn't even Jesus. It was the Holy Ghost on Jesus. And we're not twin Holy Ghosts. It's the same Holy Ghost. And and just like this, the same spirit that raised Jesus. Do you believe the Holy Ghost raised Jesus up from the dead? Well, that same Holy Ghost in Romans chapter 8, it says it'll quicken, make alive your mortal flesh. And that's where the bondage is. And so when we, uh, when I, when I, you all, you people, hallelujah, (laughs) glory to God. You know, I want something different, Ted. I want to break every chain. I want to break every chain. Hallelujah. So that's kind of a different one than I normally use to when I lay hands on people, but I want to break every chain. (laughs) Because Jesus broke every chain. So we're going to lay hands on, I'm going to lay hands on everybody. I I think I'm going to, we'll see. Hallelujah, never mind. (laughs) Hallelujah. So there's, you know, man, good to see you all here tonight. The Spirit of God's in this room. Spirit of God's in this room. He wants to help you. Don't let anything distract you. This is really important. Some of you need to get this. I said you need to get this. Amen. Are you ready to receive? Come on. I need you to all stand. I want you to sing this. I want you to receive right now. I want you to receive right now. I want you to receive right now. Hallelujah. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.